My name is Gary. I am your host at Mindset Growth Podcast. I have Heather, my co-host, with me here today. Heather, Good morning. How are you doing? Cold. It is Very cold. cold. We've had a little bit of a snow and a freeze over in the Midwest here. So uh, it's been interesting the last week dealing with all of that. Yeah, a lot of closures, a lot of um, of staying home, staying warm, making sure that you don't run out of food. Yep, family time, good family time this way and uh, time to build relationships and see how our uh, how well prepared we are for for just difficult times. But with that, I'm excited for this next guest. It's somebody who I've not had a lot of interaction with. Uh, I know that some of my friends and people in the community I grew up with have had uh, maybe reconnected a little bit more. This takes me back to, I kind of say I lived about three different lives already because of the changes I've made. So this takes me back to probably my first life. And uh, with that, I want to introduce the audience to Tracy Bachman. I don't know how big of a population we have that is a uh, motocross fan, or if you're a fan base out there for that, but that's how I met Tracy. Uh, I was very much an amateur, and Tracy was, a, was and probably still is in his own right a professional. And uh, it was always inspiring and fun to have you, Tracy, come ride with us and uh, want to welcome you to Mindset Growth Podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And, and uh, the fun part about riding with you guys back in the day was I knew that I could beat you. So yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was always fun to come there. That's yes. for sure. You were a good confidence and builder. a little bit. You, you, you look a little older and so do I. Right. <laughs> well, you bring up looks. I remember you being that had long blonde hair. I feel like they were curly and they'd hang out underneath your helmet. And it just really, you know, if you're going for that good eighties look, you had it down. Yeah. It Nailed was, it. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought for sure I was Bon Jovi. I didn't know. That's what I thought I was. Yes. No, it was, you played the part and you did well. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up. So uh, I live in Fort Dodge still. I've brought up in Fort Dodge, lived here all my life, um, traveled all around the United States and uh, a lot of beautiful places in the United States, but Fort Dodge is my home. And uh, I'm married now for 32 years. Um, got an incredible wife. Um, asked her to marry me the second day I met her. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've got two kids, uh, Sarah and and uh, my oldest daughter, Amanda, we've got, and Amanda's married now. We've got two grandkids, and uh, they live right next door to us. So it's oh, awesome. Wow. We love it. Yeah. That's great, having family that close. That must mean, mean a lot to you to be able to be that close to grandkids. Yeah, it does. I mean, we live on, we each have two acres, and they run across yeah. the yard. And we kind of, my wife and I, and our family, we kind of live like Little House in the Prairie. We're together all the time. <laughs> so awesome. do they run across the yard or do you have them on little dirt bikes? Um, so my three-year-old granddaughter runs, but she likes to ride. She will be riding one this summer coming wow. soon. Wow. Awesome. That's the plan. <laughs> so do you have a morning or one thing we like to ask, and I guess I'll preface this is everybody that seems to be successful often with the exception of having small kids typically have some type of morning routine that they go through. Do you have a morning routine? 
So I thought about this question because I've heard you ask this before. Um, I, as of right now, I do have a routine. It typically starts with I, um, I'm up about 4.30 in the morning. I, it might be because of my age and things, um, especially in the wintertime. Because of all of the motorcycle injuries, I like to go into my garage where there's a hot tub. And I sit in that every morning, and then that's where I kind of, um, I might um, listen to some of my some of my Christian music that I like, some of the some of the groups that I like, or I might read a devotional or some scripture on my phone, um, and then definitely um, take that time while I'm in there relaxing and pray for my family and and for this podcast and different things like that, and that's. But to be honest with you, I don't like a routine. I like things to be different a lot. And that's, um, you know, just last week I was in California and and then we were stuck in New Mexico in the snowstorm. And it's so I, I don't like to have a routine. I like the things to be different and switched up every day if I had my my way. Well, I seen following you on Facebook, you were out there riding. And so I'm guessing you were in the snow with your motorcycle and some of your friends. Is that right? Right. We we went to California. It was kind of a last minute deal. We went to California and we rode in the mountains and then we got into the snow and ice. And and then on our way home, we ran into that snowstorm. It was a mess. So, OK, mm-hmm. that's yeah. not something and I'm not super familiar with with New Mexico weather, but I wouldn't imagine snowstorms to be common for that area. Yeah, we we drove all the way through the Southern route through Tucson and we were close to the Mexican border and it was a snowstorm. Wow. <laughs> it was a mess. Luckily we got to Tucumcari, New Mexico and we grabbed a hotel and we were stuck there. They, wow. they closed everything. There, so I can't imagine they would be terribly prepared for that kind of weather. <laughs> I don't think they were. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So we've got some rapid fire questions for you, Tracy, and these ones you did not see. So we're okay. going to start out with that. Our listeners, we've talked about you um, racing, but you also own a painting business, correct? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So what would you be doing if you didn't run a painting business, have your own painting business? Um, I'm not sure. I would love to. Hmm. I, I think I always say to my wife that I would like to just sit on a lawnmower and <laughs> and mow a bunch of yards and just relax. Um, but uh, the other thing is I would love to um, continue to do things with my motorcycle. Um, I don't race anymore. I quit this year after 45 years of racing, but I still ride a lot. So um, that's probably what I'd be doing. So what, uh, this next question is going to be interesting. I can only imagine how it might, how you might have to answer this. Um, but back to the racing, I can tell one difference between you and myself. To me, it was a hobby and a fun way to socialize. I now can see that when I, as I'm older, and I wish I'd have focused on that more when I was younger and probably yeah. put more into physical condition and things like that. Cause that, that was a weakness of mine, but the next question, rapid fire for you is, what's the dumbest way you have ever been injured? Uh, <laughs> well, so I've had a lot of motorcycle injuries. Probably the dumbest way was 
uh, when I was younger, I was right racing on my track and I wasn't watching where I was going and I got ran over by a truck and what? it broke my leg. And the kid driving the truck was 13 years old. And I'm just glad that he ran over my legs and not my head. You know, I mean, it would have been a bad deal. So I, that would be the, the dumbest. I'm, I'm <laughs> a little confused here. Why is there a truck? On your motorcycle track. Well, it was it was at our farm at our sand pit, and um, there was a road that went through there, and a, a farm road, <laughs> and you know, it, it just okay. it was on part of the track. I okay. don't know. <laughs> right. was, that was that's the reason why it was dumb. Yeah, <laughs> it was dumb. the the truck wasn't racing either, or racing around too, right? He's just passing just through. Passing. Yeah, the the 13-year-old kid was going to get more seed um for the for his dad the farmer. Okay. Wow. Yep. Ran me over. <laughs> okay. Uh, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh man. <sighs> Sorry. It's okay. Um That's real. Do what? Uh, not do a lot of the dumb things that I did. Mm -hmm. You know, sorry. Now take your time. I can say this and I don't yeah. know you that well. And I'll just speak a little bit to give you a break uh, to compose and come back on that question. I just remember the life that I was living and some of my friends and I can, you know, maybe assume a little bit of what some of the things you were dealing with. And I think what I see today, you've went a complete different direction from where you were at then. So, yeah. Well, I get emotional about it. You know, it's just the way I am. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of, even though I was a Christian at a young age, um, I didn't live as one for mm -hmm. a few years. So, well, I wish I didn't have you, that. Yep. Yeah. You're not the only one with that story or yeah. that experience. I think yeah. we often as adults wonder why we had to do some of the things we did. And, you know, right. sometimes the pain and the hurt we cause. And then now as a, even a parent, you know, to see a child go through some of those things, uh, it's, it's a difficult yeah. experience. <laughs> and, yeah. it, and, yeah. I, and you look back and you realize how when it's your kid going through it, how hard that is for a parent. And, right. you know, they don't even know usually the half. So, yeah. Yeah. But I know now it was just, it's just part of the growth of, of where, you know, Christ has led me to where I'm at now. It's, so, so it's, but off of that, the, back to the question, you know, what advice would you give your younger self? What, <laughs> yeah. what is something you would tell yourself or you would advise younger people listening to this that are struggling to find their identity or where they belong in the world and what their purpose is? You know, what is something that could be valuable to them? Well, <clears throat> the one thing is, uh, of course, when I was younger and I was racing my motorcycle, I tried living that part and living that lifestyle and um instead of being serious about it and um and i wish at it like i said at a younger age even um becoming a christian at a young age i wish i would have had more guidance with that um because i i probably did, didn't have as much guidance and so that would be the advice i mean is to really focus on uh, living for the lord mm -hmm. and then being serious about what your goals are and your dreams 
um, be serious about it even when you're young because um, yeah. it can definitely work out for you. You can reach your goals. Right. I, you know, I uh, wrote a book this year, which is something I thought I'd never accomplish. And one thing that we working with a lot of clients in just dr- finding direction in their business, their life, things like that. Uh, we talk a lot about accomplishing goals, but I really like to start anymore with figuring out what's your mission or your purpose in life so that we can accurately set goals because if we can set goals and if our goal is to make a lot of money or to hit the pinnacle of in you know maybe your sport you're involved in uh we can do that but we can be very unethical and poor quality people and we can achieve Mm -hmm. those goals but if we understand clearly why we're put on this earth you know it kind of helps with that guiding and then the second step of course is uh establishing our core values for our life or what we what we want to live by before we go ahead and set our goals. It's also a reminder, I think, to to the adult community and in the church too. If you if you see a kid that you think might be struggling a little bit, it goes a long way to just reach out and say, "Hey, why don't we go grab some coffee?" Or you know, let's let's just sit down yeah. and and have a meal together and and talk through things with kids and. I think a lot of times when kids are struggling, they don't necessarily notice that right away. And for someone to right. to reach out and see something positive in them is is pretty big. No, absolutely. So you work a lot with youth, and I'm just going to ask this question and kind of transition into that because I like these to be just informal. With that question, what motivates you to work with youth the way you do, work with kids? Is it based off of what you experienced when you were young, or is it just you feel you can connect well with them? Well, um, yeah, based on some of the things that maybe I went through um, that I like to encourage them to um, steer them towards Christ. And then, but mostly, um, you know, I I feel that – after all of these years of riding my motorcycle and racing my motorcycle, it it just kind of got impressed on my heart that, hey, you have this talent, now use it to glorify me. So that's the one thing that I talk to the kids a lot about is using their talents to glorify the Lord. Because even though mine is on a motorcycle, um, and by the way, I I'm never claim to be the best, um, but, but everyone has a talent. Um, it can be completely different, you know, and something off the wall, but you can use that to work with other kids. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I, that was my reason that I wanted to work with kids and, it, and it's become easy because all the kids like motorcycles. I give them rides and do wheelies with right. them. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. So, yeah, no, that's uh and it's a good connection point because it's something that, is attractive to kids. Um, and I know you're not claiming to be the best and, you know, there's always somebody out there going to knock us off the shelf when we are. Uh, I will just say this. So the audience is aware of it though. There was nothing more fun than to watch you beat up the local tracks that we raced at. And it was fun going to like Millville to the nationals and places like that and watch you compete. Um, one thing that always amazed me, and I'll just share this: you could ha- you could I think compete with anyone when it comes to getting airtime. 
you yeah. could you could you could get off of a jump as well as anyone and that was always impressive to us <laughs> well i'm i'm glad that you have those memories <laughs> I, I don't know uh yeah it was a lot, a lot of fun racing at cedar rapids and yeah yeah thank you for that comment i appreciate it <laughs> so Previously, obviously, you raced motocross. Uh, you know, you picked up sponsors. I think you'd race for Suzuki. I know you had local Honda dealerships around the state. A relative owned one who is still a salt of the earth of yours, a relative of yours. He's a salt of the earth man, just a good friend of mine. I appreciate him so much. Uh, and but what I'd like to know is what happens when we often go into something, and I see this now happening even in business, because there are some people that have a talent of just building and growing businesses. At some point, your your career is going to come to a close. And sure. how do and and I think the question how I want to frame this for you is it's difficult sometimes for people to do what they've poured everything into because they've not mm -hmm. thought past that. And then there comes that time that now we've got to transition and move on. And you just got to recognize that life cycles are taking their course. What was part of that process for you? Because even though, you know, when you were young, I think you raced full time as a job for a while. And then you transitioned and it was still you raced, but it was more for sport. Uh, how was that transition for you? Well, actually, it, it was pretty gradual because um, as my wife and I grew older together and we had our kids and then especially now with grandkids, um, I just didn't race as much. And so it was just kind of a slow trickle. Um, but, um, you know, like this year, we were getting ready to have our second grandchild and I was at a racetrack there all by myself sitting in that hot, dusty track and my whole family was home right mm -hmm. and that's when i said okay i'm done with this like i um i told my wife and my kids i'm tired of being away from you guys now i still love to ride motorcycles i probably i can't ever see a time where i want to quit riding motorcycles and um but my family means everything to me right and i just I didn't want to be away from them anymore. So the transition is pretty easy. And of course, um, you know, my wife is, she is supportive of me still riding motorcycles. It's, it, it was the racing part that right. um, separated all of us so much. Mm -hmm. And so it was an easy transition. It really, I don't miss it at all. <laughs> to be honest. And now you can ride on your own schedule and you're not on sponsor. Yeah. Doing sponsor, uh, meetings and meet and greets and all of that. So that can make a difference. Well, yeah. The amazing thing is I still do have incredible, incredible sponsors. I'm, I'm with a, a Honda dealership called Storm Lake Honda and they have made me kind of an ambassador where for their dealership, where I, I go and ride and different events all around and just to promote their dealership. And it works out great being my age to still have free motorcycles and, and to not have the pressure of racing. Right. So I can eat all I want. I don't have to train. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Get to do all the fun stuff as long as the agility's yeah. there, right? Separately, I'm Gage. And I'm Bontrager. Together, we, we are, are Gage Bontrager, Bontrager Consulting. Consulting. We work 
on changing your mindset, developing leaders, building systems and processes, helping you grow personally and professionally to achieve the success that you want personally and professionally. However you choose to define success for you. Reach out to us and follow us on social media or look us up on the website and that will put you on a path to achieve what is missing in your life. Thanks for watching this episode of Mindset Growth Podcast. You know, Absolutely. I should have asked this question a little uh, earlier in this podcast. How did you get into into riding motorcycles? I mean, I know family members did it, but you didn't grow up where your mother grew up. And uh, that. so there was, you know, some disconnection there maybe. But what got you started? I think um, my dad put me on the front of his motorcycle. I remember when I was maybe three years old of him going down the road with me on the front of his motorcycle, a hundred mile an hour. Wow. And I would be holding on to the gas cap. And then when I was four years old, then he taught me how to ride my own. And then it was, it's been my life the whole time. It's, right. Motorcycles have been in my life since I can remember. That's it. That's so interesting because your mom's side of the family had some accomplished racers in their own right as well. I mean, they raced more four wheelers and odysseys and oh yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But uh, my dad's side, yeah, the Millers and all. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so that was on your dad's side. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Gotcha. So yeah, they did a lot of that. Uh, yeah. Yoders. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We've, we we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, so I just would want to ask to kind of clarify and go into this a little bit for us. But um, we know that your faith has become really important to you. So what caused that that shift for you to say, okay, I now want to work with the youth. This is yeah. this is where I want to focus my talents now. And maybe even yeah, to just, back, let's back that question up a little. What was the shift in your life, like to what got you back involved in church and and really a different focus from where you were at, you know, was it around the time your wife and you got together or? Yeah. You know, we never really, uh, I've never really stopped going to church other than when I was racing or maybe living in California or something like that. But yeah, my wife and I, I'll be honest with you, our church was dead. And she said, Hey, I wanted to go try another church. And when we started going to that church, it was like, it was like opening our eyes. Um, it's just been great. It's been like discipleship every, every Sunday. And it just, it was really good, really good teaching and preaching. And it kind of made me realize, Hey, you know, this is how you should be living in your Christian life. And, and then, uh, and then at one time, when we got an opportunity to race motorcycles again with our kids, we traveled around the United States. And I said, if we're going to travel around the United States, let's do youth events. And so we've worked with thousands of kids and it's, and that's encouraged me as well, because I thought, you know, I need to use my talents to glorify the Lord. And, um, and it's just been a huge change. It's been, it's been awesome really. And my whole family, we all go to church together and it's just changed my life so much. Um, it's yeah, it's just, it's just awesome. I love it. 
The, the interesting thing too, and I'm sure you can recognize this, and I think you've kind of alluded to it, when you work with other people, in some ways, I often feel like like I'm maybe cheating them because it really, it's like we grow more ourselves just mm-hmm. with the preparation and the things that we gather from people that share with us. So it's, uh, if people wonder if they should get involved in, in their local church and charities, you can never outgive what you've got, you're always going to receive more than you can give. So uh, I don't, I don't know, you know, uh, what people's perspectives all are that listen to this, but I think you would probably endorse this, Tracy. It's just get involved in your community, get involved where you can. Uh, You're never going to give more than what you can, than what's available to you. I mean, it's just, it's a growing process and it's the generosity is huge in how it'll help us grow as people. Right. Absolutely. Um, let me see here. We, okay. You, so when you, uh, when you shifted out of even just now that you're shifting out, retired and you're going into, uh, retirement, basically you've got the sponsorship that you're still working with the, with storm Honda and doing that. What are and you work, you have your painting business, but how does that, how do you split time? Is this kind of getting to the point in time that you're, you know, half and half? Is it just you're picking up events partially, you know, part-time there? Yeah. Um, so work as much as I can with the painting. I love to paint. I hated it when I started, but I love it now. It's we. Uh, my daughter works with me full-time. I used to have a group of guys and as they go on and do different things, my daughters grew up and worked with me and, and I love just working with my daughter now uh, we kill it together it's awesome and um and then if there's an event come up uh you know like this this trip to california recently it wasn't really planned um luckily i'm my own boss so right. besides my other boss my wife we agreed and and we made it made it happen and so um you know, you just take off a little bit and go. We try to, but there's not a whole lot of scheduling that I do um, because a lot of the events that I'm invited to with my motorcycle really aren't planned in advance. Right. So just work as much as I can and then take off and have a little fun. So for people listening to this, and they've obviously picked up, you work with a lot of kids and you use motorcycles. Can you tell us a little bit how those events go? What's the message that you share at that point in time? And what's Tell us a little bit about what that process is. If they, and just if they'd be interested, even in reaching out to have you speak to their youth group. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I want to, before I say this, I want to, if anybody is listening, my wife and I and my kids or, or myself, um, it's, it's always for free. We don't charge anything. It's not, I'm not somebody that jumps over, you know, I'm not evil can evil or Travis Pastrana. <laughs> I ride my motorcycle and do wheelies give them rides and we have a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> what was the question you asked? <laughs> yeah. What's the I'm message? Sorry. What's the message you share? Oh, yeah, the message. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So the message is, is I, I challenge the kids to use their, their talents to glorify the Lord. Okay. And then at the same time, uh, a lot of times you get opportunities maybe to come on a podcast or maybe to right. come speak somewhere and share at a church. Well, then I want to go back to that verse that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, So 
even though I'm nervous to talk to you guys right now and to say the right words, I know that I can do it because uh, Christ is my strength. Um, and then also I share the verse that trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. And so it's like a circle for me. This is how it works. I'm acknowledging him and he's going to direct my paths. And so then, and then I'm going to be invited to glorify him. And then I get nervous and then um, he'll give me strength to do it. So I can, I know that as a Christian, I, even though I'm uncomfortable, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I talk to the kids, but at the same time, I also know that I, I can't do anything without Christ. And so that's in a nutshell, what I talk to the kids about that they can, they can do and use their talents for, for, to glorify the Lord. They can do it. And then I, and then I lead them also to share who Christ is in their life. And, Mm -hmm. and I ask them to trust in the Lord, you know, and, um, and that's an awesome time. And then, like I said, I also give them rides and I like to like, I would love to get you on the back of my motorcycle. It would be so much fun. Well, you gave my sister a ride earlier. I seen it this year on Facebook when you were down in Kelowna with the youth group. So, uh, okay, I'm, I don't think she'd ever gotten on the motorcycle behind me, but I probably didn't want to do. <laughs> I don't have the control you have. So, right, yeah. Uh, and I would share this with people. You were more a shy kid when you were younger. Is that? Would you, how would you describe your personality with what you just said? Okay, so. I I tell my wife this, and I think, she, you know, she maybe has a hard time believing this, but, like, I love to work with people, and I'm fine. You know, I, I don't have a problem speaking at events and stuff, but if I'm in a large – if I'm in a room with a lot of people, I just kind of hang out in a corner. I um, I don't – so I guess I'm, I'm outgoing with a lot of things, but in certain events, I'm – yeah, I kind of just kind of tuck – tuck away and watch everybody. (laughs) Well, I kind of bring that up because clearly you say you're nervous and yet you've been in the public eye a lot, but it also wasn't where you had to interact. You know, I mean, you just had to go do what it is you do and it wasn't like Mm -hmm. you were on a stage. And I bring that point up because I think a lot of times we as human beings are, are scared, nervous, whatever we feel because we see other people do things, maybe you know, speak well, perform in different ways. And I, and I just want to, I guess, focus a little bit on what your story is or the mission that you're trying to get out there. The story you try to help these kids with is that even though it's uncomfortable, it takes time to develop some of those things. I mean, even your writing skills, it was because you worked hard to develop those. Now your speaking skills, it's the same thing. So right. it's, it's a lot of that is taking chances and give it, taking the risk to make a fool of yourself possibly. But if yeah. you know what your mission and your purpose is in life, really, why do we care if somebody thinks we're not the best speaker? Because um, right. I can relate to all of those things. I never dreamt in my wildest dreams I would speak in front of people, much less do what we're doing right here today. Right. Uh, yeah. So those are just like, let those talents develop for anyone listening and you had mentioned if anyone listens to this we have i think what seven different countries normally that listen to this and a lot of followers keep following us around the united states uh gaining an audience which is a bit amazing to me 
But I think the one thing we try to really do is find people like yourself that really mm -hmm. can be relatable to the average person. I, I won't name names, but there's big names that have podcasts and they can be very motivational. But there's somebody that's, you know, in California or Florida or somewhere doing things on a level that don't relate to a lot of us in the Midwest. And so we try to find people that fit our market and that's what right. makes makes it very relatable. So I just challenge you to keep doing that. Uh, if people do want to reach out to you, uh, I would suggest, I mean, I'm sure you take some donations to help cover some of the travel costs if they if they give those to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if we have to travel out of state or something, if if they donate towards gas, that's fine. But yeah. I don't have, you know, but if there's someone in Hawaii that wants us to come, that'd be great. My wife and I, we would love to go to Hawaii. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So. Especially now. Yeah. No kidding. If you could, uh, as you look back and just look over the course of your life and all those things that you've accomplished, uh, I know your faith's very important to you, but how important were some mentors in your life? Oh, uh, very important. I mean, you know, with my work, um, you know, my dad and uh, my cousin, Gene Yoder, his family was from around that area. They were they taught me a lot about uh, working, owning your own business and and how to work for people, how to deal with people and how to charge. I mean, and so those mentors, uh, my pastor has been awesome for um, just being a mentor. Yeah. And uh so, and I want to be the same way, you know, I want to be used. I want, I want the Lord to use me, um, in any way possible, um, you know, to be a mentor to, to younger kids or, or anything. Yeah. So when you were younger, did you feel like you had that? Like when you were training and traveling and living in California, did you feel like you had strong mentors in your life at that point to help like keep you guided on your professional path? Um, at times. Yeah. Not all the time. Um, if I was in California, I didn't really have, I was kind of on my own. Um, but back here, you know, I've had, uh, other friends that ride and race, um, that I looked up to and I would go to them for advice and they would help me and make fun of me and <laughs> things like that. Try to, try to guide me a little bit with the racing. Right. Kind of like what you did out at the Smith farm. I think you put a class on or two for us. Uh, used to do some writing clinics, if I remember right. Pretty sure I yeah. took in one of those once. And actually, um, I don't know if you remember, there was, um, so there is a, a former professional racer. His name was Steve Weiss. Yes. And he he's, was an incredible racer. And so actually he was a huge inspiration to me because he was such a good racer, but he shared Christ the best that he could. Mm -hmm. at his schools and when he raced. And so, um, so I kind of used his platform on that. And now we're still really good friends today. I mean, he's come, come back to visit and do some things here where I live and, and we still are in contact. And so I guess actually, as far as a racing mentor, as a Christian racer, he's, he's been it, Steve. Okay. Weiss. And I just point that out. I think we can all look through our lives and see people that like come in and at key times. And I would just tell young folks listening to this and even adults, I mean, even for myself today, 
look for those people around you. Sometimes they're there for a short time. Sometimes they're, you know, like in your case, like Steve Weiss, it became a lifelong friend, you know, and somebody that you can always lean back onto. But I would challenge anyone out there, look for those mentors. I know when, when kids are teenagers and they're young and they're shy, I mean, there's people in your youth group, there's youth leaders, there's there's people that aren't that much older than you that seem a lot older than you, but they can give you some good advice and direction. And uh, I just find that this world's a big place and it's all about helping others, but sometimes we need to receive that as well. And uh, uh, I don't think any of us end up where we're at without those people that have invested into us. No, absolutely. Definitely. You're right. So going forward, what do you see? What's the future for Tracy? What do you, uh, what's some of your focus going into um, maybe the next five years or so? I mean, you're going to keep working or is it going to be more or less geared towards eventually shifting over and trying to do more of the ministry side of things and, and working with kids? Um, well, definitely going to uh, keep working. Um, I don't really ever want to stop working if you want to know the truth. Right. Um, but I do like to travel with my wife. Um, I love it when we're driving down the road in the car and we're heading to Arizona or something and, uh, um, and just more family vacations. My wife and I are in a position now that we can spend as much time with our family. I can slow down with work a little bit. And, um, and But as far as riding a motorcycle, I mean, as long as um, as long as I can, I want to still ride motorcycles and, and then use that to work with kids. Okay. Um, but I, it, not full time. <laughs> okay. Relationships. Uh, one thing that is apparent just with the time we spent together on this podcast is that relationships are very valuable to you and mm-hmm. very important. And you had mentioned early in the relationship that when you met your wife, the second time you, I think, what, seen her, you asked her to marry you. Is that correct? Talk about that a little bit, because I think so often we have stereotypes of how relationships should work, you know, and, and everybody does it different. And some things are just meant to be just share that because I know people go through that and my own daughter got you know, met this guy and got married pretty quickly. And, and, you know, the rest of her siblings are like, what are you doing? You know, this is not how you do it. And I'm like, guys, you can't choose how those relationships unfold and develop. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, um, I was traveling back to California and my wife was in Kansas and, uh, I was in, in that area for a couple of days. And I just, I said, you know, let's go out to eat. And, um, it wasn't so much that I asked her to marry me at that time. It was more like you should move back to Iowa and then we could get married. So um, she did six months later, we were married and uh, been married 32 years. Now, to be honest with you, we probably should have dated a little bit longer (laughs) to get to know (laughs) each other. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's been, it's been great. Everything's been great with, She's she's staring at me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember George telling me that I said, how's Tracy doing? He said he got married. And I'm like, I didn't even know he had a girlfriend. So, (laughs) yeah, well, I I didn't for very long, you know, made her my wife. No, it's been great. We are uh, such uh, 
you touched on family and you're right. Family is the most important thing to me. And I get emotional talking about because they're everything. Right. And we live, we're together all the time. It's awesome. And some people I hear that maybe we can't wait for the kids to grow up and get out of the house. It's not that case for us. Right. We're just, there's about five or six of us in my family now. Everyone's kind of gone. So family means it's my best investment. Right. And it's, it's everything to me. So if you've got a young person that's asking you for relationship advice, and I know you just mentioned that maybe they, uh, they sh- you should have dated longer, but the fact is you guys made a commitment. You work through those commitments and everything has right. worked out well for you. Uh, what advice would you give them? Because traditionally, sometimes people do it perfect and it doesn't work. Uh, but if you're looking for someone that you want to spend the life, your rest of your life with, and you really want to have a great relationship, what are some key things that you look back over your life and you can say, that was very important. I maybe didn't recognize it at the time, but that's what makes this relationship so awesome now. Yeah. Well, um, for sure, you want to be equally yoked. I mean, if you are a Christian, you want to you want to get involved with another Christian gal. That definitely helps with a lot of things. Um, the just time alone together and um, quality time uh, is means a lot to my wife and I. And and just trying to give to each other goes a long ways. Uh, my wife, it's not like she loves motorcycles, but she knows I do. And so she's okay with me riding motorcycles. And there's things that I know that she likes to do. And I, I love it when she gets to do those activities. Or And my wife's been able to be a stay-at-home mom for this whole time. And and I love it that we're in that position. And so, so at a young couple, it's just try to give to each other as much as you can. And try to, um, you know, if if one of you likes to do something and you don't, try to join in a little bit and encourage them with it and being encouragement to each other. That's, it's just huge. Mm -hmm. And then to just love each other like crazy, spend every, every minute you can with each other. You know, Heather, we often relationships is what life's all about anyway. And we run into that, whether it is business relationships, Mm -hmm. which usually affects, you know, the families at home and that, um, and we work with people a lot on relationships. What's a takeaway? What's a thought you have on this? You're talking about giving to each other and supporting. And and um, something that came to mind to me was that uh, book about figuring out what your love language is and, and finding the love language of your partner and recognizing that it might not be um, quality time. It might be words of affirmation. It might be, you know... Love languages might not be the same, but as long as we're figuring each other's out, I, I think that goes a long ways too. I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's huge because my wife and I, we didn't know that um, like for years. And um, we do now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because we do a lot of team building stuff. And one of the things we do is personality assessments and we go into businesses and yeah. it's just, you know, what we often see is that everybody's going, we just thought Bob's a jerk and he likes to try to piss everybody off. But yeah. to come to find out, Bob's just a 
he's got a way he communicates and he's a worker and he's driven and motivated and he's task oriented rather than relationship oriented. It doesn't change anything. He's probably the one who keeps the flow of things going the most. And it's just understanding each other. And uh, Heather and I both work so much with relationships. And I think that's why I want to touch on this. If there's something people take away, I can tell from uh, our, our time with you that that's just such a big thing. And it is personally, uh, relationships are absolutely everything. Uh, you know, we've, we've probably all either, you know, had been part of the process of burying grandparents, parents, uh, things like that. And it's, you had just alluded to it earlier when we no longer have that physical relationship on earth anymore with that person, it starts to change the values of that. And when we're young, we're often very invincible, we think, in our minds, and we think everything's just going to be the same tomorrow as it was today. So um, I appreciate your authenticity, Tracy, tremendously of coming on here. I think you maybe uh, wondered why we're asking you on here, but uh, if there's one thing I take away from this and that I want our audience to understand is here's a person that has a natural God-given talent. But he didn't stop with that. He, Heather, he worked extremely hard to develop it. Right. Because, uh, you know, we can pull out verses out of the Bible everywhere, you know. But even, you know, if a, if a runner's going to run, you know, you need to dress and prepare to run. And that's really, a, to me, it's metaphoric for life, not just for running. So, <laughs> you know, in Tracy's case, it was motorcycles. In my case now, it's, you know serving other people in different ways. Uh, same with yours. So I appreciate uh, you being so open with that. I also would like for you to share with us where people can follow you. Um, this is one thing I like to do is promote people that I know are making a difference in the world and changing lives and helping people maybe find peace and be better at what they do. And so if you would just share where people can find you, if they're interested in, you know, having you come out to their youth group and uh, doing events, I can tell you folks, the kids will probably put that at the number one event that they've experienced through a church group for an entire year, if not their entire, you know, young life. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> if, you, if you go out on his Facebook page, you're going to see kids laughing. You're going to see, I see it on other church pages where he's there, how much, how happy everybody is and how he interacts and gets that message across. So where can people contact you? So I give you my contact information, but can I, can I share a verse? Please. Um, mm -hmm. with you? Okay. So we were just talking about um, using our talents to glorify the Lord. So first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of the Lord. So the Bible says, do all to the glory of the Lord. So I, I encourage adults just like yourself uh, and, and kids, and I'm emotional every time. If I speak with kids, I'm up there weeping with them. But we, from the time I wake up in the morning, if I go to a convenience store, if I go to a job and I work, if I go to a youth event, the goal for me that I have every day is – is that when I leave or who I come in contact with that people see that there's a difference or especially where we're working at, by the time we leave, the, the person that we're working for knows we're Christians when we leave. And that's my goal is to let my light shine 
everywhere I go and to glorify the Lord with everything that I do, not just motorcycles. It's my work. It's with my family. It's it's everything. So I just want to make sure I get that point across. Right. <laughs> and so. Well, um, and, and I'll just add to that real quick. You walk into a convenience store. How many people, you know, how are you today? And eh, it sucks. It's snowing. It's this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I make it a point to smile and always say something positive or try to spin the positive side. I challenge anyone listening to do that. It takes yeah. each of us doing what you just mentioned to to maybe change and make, if nothing else, raise a curiosity about why yeah. Tracy's happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My, my wife and I love it when we buy <laughs> someone's meal or, or something like that. And just, it's just, God's good. That's yep. just wanted to be a blessing to you, you know? So, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to get that across yeah, to everybody. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, yeah, I could be reached, um, on my Facebook under Tracy Bachman, or, I mean, I don't have a problem giving my phone number right over this. It's, it's, uh, 515-571-0645. And, um, yeah, it's free. I don't have a problem coming anytime to work with the kids. I love to do mm-hmm. it. So, and I, and if you don't mind, we can put that number on, uh, as well when we, um, uh post this episode and we, you know, and, and that way people can reach out to you. Uh, you do have a Facebook page, right? Do you have any other social media? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, so if you guys want to see a little bit about what Tracy does, you can find it out on uh, his social media and I'm sure people have tagged him in there and you can kind of look at what those groups have posted when he was at there with their youth and things like that. Uh, Tracy, yeah. we just really want to thank you for your time. Uh, yeah, I hope I I hope this has been valuable to you. I know it's been uh, to us and our audience. We really appreciate you just giving a time, an hour of your day, to spend that with us. And uh, with that, we want to thank you for joining us on Mindset Growth Podcast. Thank you.